No surprises here. They will go to the big right-hander from Columbia, Illinois, number 11, Andy Galley. When I had the opportunity to kind of step away, you know, I knew I could still throw. It's Mr. Burger. Bites is recorded on location in Ozark, Missouri and presented on Anchor. The views expressed on Burger Bites are not necessarily those of the staff and ownership of the Grip and Rip Baseball League. Enjoy the show. Andy Galley accomplished something most kids only dream about. For a couple of magical months in 2008, Galley was a professional athlete. He pitched for the Gateway Grizzlies in the Frontier League. It was a far cry from the majors, but most of us never come close to being paid to play sports, and probably never will. Long before he joined the Grip and Rip Baseball League in Ozark, Missouri, Galley had to make the incredibly difficult decision to step away from professional baseball and turn pro in something else. I remember sitting down with mom and dad, and, and like I said, they are huge influencers in my life, took their advice uh, to heart, and I said, I really want to play baseball. You know, dad being a dad, he's like, Andy, you got two big companies, Caterpillar or Cummins Diesel. I don't think you'll ever get those opportunities again if you turn either one of those companies down. At the time, you know, I think I was making 600 bucks in the independent league a month, a month. So it wasn't much money. You know, you got a job that is paying as a 21 year old kid. You're thinking you're crazy rich. You know, the money they're going to pay you starting a job. So it was tough, but I knew I had the Montclair League, and that's what my mom and dad said. You can still play. You can still play locally, live here. At the time, the, the Caterpillar job was for St. Louis, so I could live with mom and dad, save some money, and then still play baseball in the Montclair League, which was a great league, very competitive. College, it was a college league with no age limit, you know, so a lot of ex-college guys played in it. And if you, you know, I can throw some names out there. They even have a Hall of Fame. It's called the Montclair Hall of Fame. So it's a pretty big league around St. Louis. And you do play in Illinois, which Montclair stands for Monroe County, Illinois, and St. Clair County, Illinois. But you also play uh, Missouri-based teams as well. So Yeah, that's a little bit different than the grip and rip because, you know, it was kind of a mixture of college players, former college players, and then anybody else that could could hack it, basically. It had, so how did you end up with, you played in Waterloo. I'm just kind of curious yes. how you how you found that home in the Montclair. Dayton. So I first started with uh, Milstadt. It was Milstadt had a Montclair team, and I first played with those guys. Just They, they actually just called me and said, hey, we're looking for a pitcher, and that's kind of how I got in there because the Montclair League, you do try out or you're invited in. It's not just, hey, I want to play baseball. And uh, I played with them and then pitching against Waterloo, they kind of start hearing about me. And and uh, I changed probably four or five years into the Montclair League. I switched over to, at the time, they were called the Waterloo Bugs. They were sponsored by Anheuser-Busch. Uh, they had a huge backing and now they're the Waterloo Millers, which uh, Chuck Fritz, which with uh, uh, the Miller Distribution Company out of Illinois, picked up their sponsorship. And the, I got a story to tell you why the why the name changed. We won the uh, Montclair Championship, and the guy on the front paper was pouring a, a Miller Light, basically a champagne shower with Miller Light, because one of the guys drank Miller Light. And uh, Anheuser Busch dropped dropped our spot. It was a big scandal type deal in the Montclair League that that summer. So Anheuser Busch dropped our sponsorship, and uh, Miller picked it up. That's yeah. That's another interesting thing to me 
about that league is it, it gets coverage. You know, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch does stories occasionally, and then, you know, some of the newspapers there on the east side oh, yeah. write about it. So, I mean, it that, that brand of baseball is a big deal. Yeah, Belleville News Democrats, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, they always had league scores. They always had an article every week on, on tournament or conference tournament. They have a 4th of July tournament called the uh, Valmeyer Classic. It's been going on for, I, I don't know the exact number of years, but it's been going on so long, Rance, that it draws, I mean, reporters and, you know, college scouts. Because when they're, like, when I got picked up or looked at in, with Legion Ball, some high school guys now are playing in the Montclair League, real, real standouts. And a lot of these college coaches are going to the Valmeyer Classic to look at talent to try to recruit, you know, guys, because a junior college, co- uh, a lot of junior college players play in this league. Swick, Merrimack, you got Lewis and Clark guys. Uh, I think the last year I played in the in the Montclair League, you know, I pitched against guys that went to um, Louisville. There was a guy from Mizzou. It had very good talent in the league. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's about a 30-game I mean, you're, you're packing games in for – Two or three months over the summer, yeah. Yeah, we play. Uh, you play every, you know, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Um, usually, usually a Friday night game was held, and then, uh, you know, Saturday doubleheader, Sunday doubleheader. So sometimes there was three. You know, you had five games on a weekend, and then you always had a Tuesday or Wednesday night game that we scheduled that was just interleague play. It wasn't conference. So there was, like I said, it, it, it was kind of quote unquote, kind of like a Northern league or a Cape Cod league here in the Midwest. I mean, that's kind it just never got the, uh, the, the national coverage because those Northern leagues, which I was invited to the Northern league. I just said, no, there's a league right outside my doorstep that I can play. And I don't have to live in Minnesota to go play in the Northern league one summer. And again, that was maybe a mistake too. I wish I could have taken that bag and back and tried it, but same time, I knew what the Montclair League had to offer, and it was just a phenomenal league to play in, and it was, you know, 20 minutes from my house. Uh, you know, of course, like you're you're still working a day job at that point. In Correct. Pitcher, do you still show up and dress for every game? Or are you allowed to, like, kind of Roger Clemens it, where you only show up when you're scheduled? <laughs> I Roger Clemens it, man, <laughs> especially in the later years. And that's what helped, you know, living in Springfield. I moved to Springfield in 2008, and, you know, I had enough – you know, not sound sound pretty modest. I'm trying to be modest, not brag or anything, but I had uh, my name meant a lot in the Montclair League, and you know they knew when I was pitching. I threw on a, I always threw on Sundays, and I would come come home and I'd play pitch against the better team usually, and and I throw, and then I got the hell back on the road. I had a three hour trip back to Springfield, so <laughs> and uh, you know I I loved the league though, and I just couldn't quit. And uh, like I said, it was just you know the guys my age. I'm I'll be 37 in February. The guys my age, they all pretty much retired the last year I played in it, you know, and there was a lot of Missouri State guys that played in it as well. Uh, I don't know if you remember a guy named John Reinecker. I played with John a few seasons. John ended up committing suicide, and and it was a, you know, he was a former Texas Ranger, professional baseball player, and and, uh, he played in the Montclair because he just couldn't give it up. And, you know, I, I lost touch with John over the years. He was quite a bit older than I was. John uh, John passed away, and then there was a guy named Brian Feese, was uh, I think forty years old, and had a, a stroke and passed away. These guys, you know, I played with, and and uh, that was that was pretty much the last year I was I was up there in the Montclair, and I, I actually just talked to my coach here recently, and and I might play in it this summer. Um, I want to stay in shape as well, and I might go back this summer to throw a few games or at least play in the Valmeyer Classic. Last year, I started playing catch with Ben McKayla around February, and that's what helped last year as well is I just started throwing, getting my arms stronger. Uh, the year before, I did hurt it, or two years before, I hurt, I kind of hurt my elbow, and 
first time in my career where I had arm problems and it kind of scarred over and just got it healthy and, and uh, it led to a great season this year with the grip and rip. We will get to 2020 in a second, but I want to flash back to the original, you know, the launch of the grip and rip. So sure. Did you know a lot of those guys who were uh, going to be part of that original 60 or was it strictly Brad Beatty that got you out there? No, I, I knew Chris Meza. I knew Austin Kendrick. Uh, Tyler Jones were the three guys that I knew when that league first started. I didn't know Tony. I didn't know Justin Skinner. I didn't know any of those guys. So now they're all brothers to me. You know, I mean, Jared Brashler, I talked to him still. And uh, like I said, Ben Michaela, you know, I met him in I think season three and we hit each other up on Facebook, went to play catch and, and just how it worked out. So, so what, I mean, what are the memories that stick out to you from that, that first year when it was just, the league was an experiment. The teams were named after colors. Nobody was <laughs> what you had gotten into. You know, uh, I, I remember I, I was disappointed with, you can only throw three innings. <laughs> I remember the jerseys that we had were hand-me-down, like super thick, super thick cotton jerseys. But I'll tell you what we had. It was a blast. Four teams. It had some of the best talent at the time. Uh, Logan, I can't think of his uh, his name right now. Former pro, he was a coach as well. Logan Hughes. Um, he was, God, I couldn't think of his name. He played in the independent league. You know, it was just really good talent first year, and everybody enjoyed the game. And that, I saw it. Everybody had a passion to be there, everybody had a passion to play, playing on Justin Skinner's team. It was just phenomenal time. And we just, it was a fun league. It was super competitive. And uh, just, it, it just, I, I mean, there's, there's no, no explanation for it. It was just, it was just a really great time, and uh, we made it to the championship game. Unfortunately, we, we lost against, uh, I believe, Tony's team first year, but uh, it was an awesome. Rip time. and rip black. It's not a, yes. it's not a cologne. It's a baseball team. <laughs> Kidding, Tyler Jones. But man, like I look at the roster you guys had that grip and rip red team, and I, I still don't get how you lost that title game. I'm telling you, it, it, it was, it, well, it was a good, it was a good. Uh, I'll never forget it. You know, it's just a great time and it was a lot of good memories. So you had enough fun that you came back and then on top of that, you know, stepped it up a notch. You were, how did, how did that process go of you being approached to uh, become a manager? So Tony called me, I guess it was that winter time around December, January. And he says, Hey, I think we're going to expand the league to, to six teams. And he's like, Andy, you love the game. You know, you're a big kind of advocate to, uh, I try to, I still do. I try to pass it around to any guy I know that can throw a baseball, try out, try out, try out. You know, it's, it's you're going to have probably the best time ever for eight weeks, you know, eight to 10 weeks. And he said, uh, we'd like to ask you to, to coach, you know, that you understand the, the game and, and uh, would you be interested in it? And of course I, I wanted to, and, and I enjoyed it. You know, it was, it was fun. It coaching is a totally different aspect and, I think three years later, uh, year five, I uh, decided to step away from coaching and I just wanted to be back to a player and, and throw. You know, we talked about that one after uh, after a game, Rance. Guys that paid for the league, I wanted to give them a chance at throwing to prove themselves. And, you know, I was always an arm that I could, could toss, but I was only throwing usually one or two innings, if that. More or less, I was trying to get, you know, guys in and you had to juggle that, you know, guys play for the league and you want to get everybody to play. Same time, I'm pretty competitive and I want to win as well. So it's just, you know, nature of the beast. And I don't want to worry about that anymore and and just want to just want to be a player. I mean, I, I don't want to call it a comeback, but yeah, that was the uh, 
that particular game you just referenced, you pitched five innings, I think allowed one run that may or may not have been earned, but and drove in the game winning run. So it was, uh, yeah, you were the elite promotions, elite performer of the game. <laughs> yep, yep, that was a, a good, 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 uh, good memory as well. Now, yeah, so, and then the, and then, uh, you know, as, yeah, you, you went on, like you were talking about your strikeout to walks. Uh, you know, I, I just looked this up before we talked tonight. It was, I think, 25 plus innings pitched and you walked one batter all season long. So the, uh, the strikeout to walk ratio was still incredibly healthy. You win pitcher of the year. Well, so, yeah, how did you find out about that? Talk me through your reaction when that was announced. You know, I knew it was going to be a, it was tough. There was a few, you know, Clay Murphy, new guy to the league came in and improved what he was and you know, kind of hitting back on the competitiveness is two, three weeks in, I'm like, hey, man, I'm, you know, I've got a pretty good season going. I'm going to, I'm going to compete against this thing. I I, I want to win this again. And I'll tell you what, I, my, my goal this year is to be back to back pitcher of the year. I don't want anybody else to have that award. I'm, so if I listen to this, you, you got some, you got some rivalry coming. I'm going to get uh, healthy again. I'm going to get, uh, start playing catch early on and get my arms stronger and, and throwing bullpens. And I definitely want to, get a chance at winning uh, 2021 pitcher of the year as well. Tony called me and said, Hey, uh, uh, we're voting. And it's a pretty much much. It's a draw between you and another guy. I didn't know at the time who it was. And uh, he said, Hey, you know, you may, you, we may give you a call back, let you know on championship day that you'll be pitcher of the year. So kind of went that, I think a day or two passed and Tony, I think he sent me a text message. Hey, you got it. We voted you in and uh, we had to do a couple persuasion and, Time's gone by. I've slept since then, but I think it came down to one category where I, I beat the other guy in, and that's how I won it. You know, you can bait how to select postseason awards all day, but you can look at stats, and you know, stats are great. But one thing I try to look at that is really tough to measure is just how much a player is valuable to his team. You know, how much uh, effect did he have on his team winning games? And I felt like. You know, when you look back at that season you had with the Branson Showman, I can point to three different wins in which I felt like your pitching performance was was the difference between winning and losing that day. So I uh, I sleep early at night knowing that Andy Galley is the 2020 Pitcher of the Year. And, and critics are going to criticize. Thank you. But uh, I, I stand by the move. <laughs> in the third week of the 2020 season, the Branson Showman played the Moon City Mavericks on a Friday night. Andy Galley had attended his grandmother's funeral in Illinois that morning. He bid farewell to his family and drove more than three hours to make it to Ozark, Missouri, in time to join the showman on center stage for baseball night in the Ozarks. Branson won the game 6-5, and Andy pitched the maximum allotted five innings. Most importantly, he had his now infamous give-me-the-damn-bat two-RBI double and delivered an impassioned dugout speech full of exaltation language that his teammates still remember. After he cooled off, Andy and I had this tongue-in-cheek exchange on the post-game show. You know, we were winning most of the game. I think the entire game we had yeah. the lead, and, and we just kind of coasted and I walked in off the dugout, and I said, let's go, guys, and, you know, a little pump me up talk a little couple little f-bombs but you know it, 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 it seemed to work so nothing like uh, an inspired bit of uh, locker room language i'd say on, on kids day at the park <laughs> it really was kids night at the ballpark benefiting big brothers and big sisters i'm sure the kids who were sitting near the showman dugout enjoyed andy galley's speech 
And hopefully they learned a thing or two about lending a hand to a friend and encouraging your friends in a tense moment. Speaking of supporting your friends, that's exactly what a couple of best friends are doing at Rube Bats. When you buy a quality stick from Rube Bats, Brock Chaffin and Ruben give $10 to help shelter dogs right here in the Ozarks. Rube Bats now offers laser engraving, which means for an additional seven bucks, you can get your name and even an insignia engraved on your new bat. Where else can you get a personalized wooden baseball bat for just $42 and help our furry friends along the way. Quality wood, quality prices, and help for shelter dogs. That's Rube Bats. R-U-E-B Bats. Find them on Facebook and help keep plastic out of the game. Andy Galley ended up pitching 24 innings in seven games with the Branson Showman. He allowed seven earned runs on 22 hits for an ERA of 2.84. He struck out 22 batters and walked just one all season. Galley was an all-star and the pitcher of the year from a talented field of hurlers. The award could have gone lots of places, but Andy Galley becomes the first pitcher in five seasons of grip and rip baseball to win the award twice. It's a huge accomplishment and I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for that award. You know, I display it actually on my, I've you know, I have a lot of trophies and stuff go in the trash over the years, but I display that in my house proudly. You know, I, I really do take the grip and rip league said it is is part of my life now. I am in sales in my business. I talk to every contractor known to man around 200 miles of Springfield. And they all know, hey, you're playing baseball this year. You're playing that league. I've got a I've got a work a guy that works, you know, on the concrete crew. He said he plays baseball. He said he wanted to try to hit your fastball. It's it's just a big uh big part of my life and and I'm associated with that. And Rance, you know, I've kind of always been associated with the winning team and the grip and rip league is is that winning winning team, winning league. So, and, and you can't get much better of a commissioner than Tony. He's, he just puts on well, a hell of a show, man. We can talk about Tony Lewis. I mean, <laughs> I thought that was really interesting when he drafted you. I was like, okay, you've got a guy who's been a manager for the last three seasons versus a guy who hasn't managed since year one. And I know these two are friends. How is that going to work out? Andy playing for Tony. So I'll let you answer it. You know, how did that work out? You playing for Tony Lewis and the showman, you know, Tony's got a passion for the game and I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to war with anybody that has the passion. Tony also has the athletic ability and the talent, God given talent to be a hell of a baseball player. So you stick those two, basically those three things together and there, there's no competition. I've never tried to compete against Tony in his decision-making. He's the coach. I just wanted to throw my five innings the best of my ability. And I was there to help anybody on the team. You know, I'm kind of a, like I said, very competitive. I'm kind of a spark in the dugout when things don't get wrong, boy, watch out. Cause I'll, I'll be mouthy, <laughs> but I think it gets everybody fired up. Say, Hey, let's go. I don't like the lackadaisical thing. I'm there to play baseball. I'm there to win. Afterwards, we can all hang out, have a beer. But uh, Tony did a great job. I think we had, I literally think we had the best team in the Griffin Rip this year, although we didn't win it. Uh, we had a lot of newcomers like Trent Nypok. You know, he just, I think he understands, he, he understood the brotherhood of that league, the, the, the passion, the, the compassion, I should say, for everybody that, that was there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the next year. Let's talk about personality in the dugout, Andy, because, you know, I've heard stories about what you get up to in the dugout, but I've, of course, I've never seen it. Do you undergo some sort of personality switch when that, that first pitch hits the catcher's mitt? You know, I learned this from uh, actually Danny Cox with uh, the Grizzlies and, and learned it a little later in life. But when you get on that mound, 
nobody's your friend, you know? And I would talk some quote unquote crap to players. And, and like, I remember when Chris Mays, it loved the guy to death. He'd get in there like, all right, Chris, where do you want this one? Cause I'm giving you one and only. And he did get a hit off the first game. And I, the next time I said, I'm not giving you anymore. I think I struck him out the, the later in the, the season, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk, I'll talk to those guys. I, and you know, there's plenty of guys that I'm friends with, but man, when it's there and there's an argument or something on the field, I'm going against you. And uh, it just, you, you got to have that attitude to do anything. And like I said, it's, it's not that I'm, uh, you know, excuse my language. I'm not a dick to anybody, but when I'm there to play baseball, I'm just a totally different character. I'm like I said, very competitive. So let's talk about what you do for a living. Cause you know, in the world of sales, you know, you, you kind of sure. have that, uh, that inning eater kind of bulldog mentality. So, you know, yeah, I do. Uh, you know, sales is a tough, tough gig. You know, you either got it or you don't. And coming down to Springfield, I didn't know anybody. And I started as green as can be in this industry and and just went out and worked hard and, and got to meet people. And there's a few things in, in the sales industry. People do business with people they trust. And even with the baseball deal, I never will ever screw over anybody. I'm an honest guy. I'll admit it when I'm wrong. And that's just life in general, you know. Customers have seen, you know, my knowledge for for the equipment industry and know me as a person and they, they trust doing business with me. And uh, at the time I put baseball ahead of anything else in my life throughout my career. Well, now, you know, I'm 37, I'm not married. I put my career in front of a lot of stuff and and I worked hard to get where I'm at and I've been doing it 14 years now. And I just signed on with the company and signed a contract with them to kind of build their uh, equipment, their sales side. It's uh, Superior Rents where they're a locally owned company. Again, they were kind of the underdogs in, in the past. I, I competed against those guys. I worked against those guys. Now I joined them and we're building a pretty powerful dealership, equipment dealership here in Springfield, Joplin area. And uh, hopefully someday I can buy in or, or get some form of ownership with them because this is what I want to do the rest of my life. I know you were, like a lot of us, had either your job changed or you just, just flat out made a switch in the past calendar year. So like yep. with the work you do, are you predominantly going face-to-face with contractors? Is that? Yes. Yep. Job sites. So I cover job sites, uh, pretty much all commercial jobs, anything ground up or even, so it's mainly commercial. I do some res- big residential home builders or just even do-it-yourselfers now. I mean, if, if you wanted to rent a skid steer for, for uh, you know, your house or a stump grinder, you know, I'll, I'll rent anything. My, my bread and butter is rental equipment. I do sales though as well. Uh, we're a dealer for certain brands. And just, it's just a good business. It's, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's every day is different. And, you know, I, I don't sit in an office. I'm out in a truck. I'm out on job sites. I'm out in customers' offices, meeting, greeting them and, and uh, talking about their, their needs in the equipment field. On top of that, I know you have a daughter as well. So mm-hmm. tell me about, you know, balancing, uh, you know, stepping in and, and being a dad in the midst of, of all yeah. building your yeah. life too. Yep. Single dad raised her since she was pretty much uh, six, six months old. You know, mom and I didn't work out. We we dated and, and we weren't married, but uh, we uh, we both raised her really well. I do. I get her 50-50 in the summertime. So she, uh, she uh, mom lives two hours away up, up in uh, northeastern Missouri. And uh, she loves coming to the, the baseball games, watching me pitch when she can. And we have, a, we have a really good relationship. You know, when I get her, you know, my, like I said, my family's out of the St. Louis area. So when I do get her, it's just her and I. And you know, we, we do fun stuff together and, and uh, we got a really good bond and relationship. You know, she'll be eight 
uh, this February we were born on the same day. So she's seven right now. And it's just a uh, just crazy time for, for a you know, grade school kid. When you watch Andy Galley interact with his daughter, it's evident that he parents like he pitches with purpose. He's determined to be good at it. The two-time Pitcher of the Year award winner will be back on the field at U.S. Baseball Park in August 2021. It'll be interesting to see who selects Galley in the draft and what he will be able to do as his storied career continues. Thanks for listening to Burger Bites. If you haven't already, please check out the Burger Bites podcast Facebook page by searching for Burger Bites Podcast. Be sure to give it a like and a follow so that you never miss a new episode, and you can even leave a comment to let me know what's going well and maybe what not is going so well. If you want me to interview your favorite player, or maybe you are your own favorite player, drop a message or a comment, and I'll try to make it happen. Until next time, I'm Rance Burger. Good night from Ozark, Missouri.